Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. How are we doing today, church? How are we doing? How's this 1 p.m. service? You ready for church? All right, man, that worship got me really ready for church, that's for sure. Hey, why don't we stand? My name is Miriam. If you're a first-time guest, ah, it's an honor to have you here. Uh, My husband and I, we're the senior pastors here at Church Alive, and it's been such an honor to serve this community, to serve this church, and just believe with you for God's best for your life, for all that He has, nothing more, nothing less to be released, and and that flows through your life. And so we're going to pray in a moment. Before we do that, I just want to read with you the main passage for today. We find it in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 sorry verses 2 and it says like this do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will we're gonna check out the same scripture in the New Living Translation I love this translation it's it helps us today in 2022 understand a little bit more of what it's saying it says don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And one last scripture, find it in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Can you say that with me? Prepare your minds for action. Say it again, prepare my mind for action and exercise self-control let's pray holy spirit of the living god we welcome you in this place and we welcome you god in this service and we thank you that even now in this moment there is a refreshing coming to your sons and daughters Lord, even now, even before the preaching of the word, because your presence is here, you're already operating. You're already moving miraculously. Father, you're already healing sick bodies. You're already healing, God, minds that have been bound by fear and anxiety and depression. God, you are already moving. And so, Father, we step out of the way and say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way. Come and bring refreshing to a weary soul. Come and bring refreshing to a tired body, a tired mind, Lord, a tired spirit. Even now in this moment, Spirit of God, would you reign right now, your, your, your touch on your people. Reign from heaven. Oh Lord, I thank you. The windows of heaven are wide open towards your sons and daughters. And Lord, we have a harvest even now of your presence, of your blessing, of your touch. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, we don't take for granted what you're doing even now. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. I'm getting a sense that some of you maybe walked in with some walls up. Maybe, I don't know, you're a guest or maybe you've done the church thing before, but you have some misconceptions or you've had some 
stuff happened in your life that's made you put up some walls and Holy Spirit's asking you, would you just open the gate today? Let him in. Let his, let his word touch you today. Let his word heal you today. Let his power come and, and, and minister to you right now. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't really have to speak much. He's already ministering. He's already healing. He's already um, just doing a work. So right now, touch bodies. Lord, touch organs that need a touch from you. Father, right now, touch minds that need a touch from you. Release right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, any opposing spirit, any demonic spirit that would come and, and distract and oppose and, and come against. Lord, we silence it now. We just pray for freedom and liberty to flow out of this room even now as we pray we even silence religious voices rebellious voices and we welcome only the spirit and the voice of God in Jesus name in Jesus name amen I think we're ready for church now come on take a seat take a seat hey if you've been with us the last few weeks we're in a series called um, go with. No, it's not go with. It's go and bring. There it is. Go and bring. And week one, it was go and bring joy. Week two, it was go and bring faith. And today, we're going to talk about a renewed mind. Go and bring a renewed mind. Tell the person next to you, bring a renewed mind. And recently, very recently, I was doing some research on the mind. I was doing some studying on the mind because a renewed thinking, a mind ready for action has been a lot in my reading, in my scripture reading, in my studying. So I'm like, let's, let's figure out this whole mind thing. What is it all about? And, and what does it say? What has studies found? And I found that according to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Here's the most sobering part of that. 80% of those thoughts are negative. 95% of those thoughts are repetitive. So if we take a look at that, it's basically saying if we repeat those negative thoughts, almost 100% of what we think about is negative. So based on this statistic, I think it's safe to say that many of us struggle at times or maybe daily, maybe hourly, maybe minute by minute, depending on the season of life you're in. We, we get bombarded with thoughts, thoughts that play over and over and over again, rehearsing conversations that probably will never happen, repeating thoughts of inadequacy, perhaps constantly playing things out of why you're not happy about something. And the more you think about how not happy you are about something, the less happy you become about something. Isn't it funny that you can think about something for so long, that very thought that had no feelings attached to it suddenly becomes a massive source of anger and dissension in your home. Thoughts. Reliving the same failures, thoughts of shame and weakness, temptation, confusion, doubt, condescending thoughts about your spouse and perhaps even your children. Before I go any further, it's very important that I say that. And, and the reason why I'm going to say what I'm going to say next is I recently bought a book, Havala Cunnington, one of our guest speakers at Resilient Woman this year. She's incredible from Bethel. I was reading reviews on this book that she wrote. It's called I Do Hard Things. And one of the first reviews 
Oh my gosh, it made me so mad. This person's like, this is just a self-help book. It's just like psychology, positive thinking. It's new agey. I read the book. There's nothing new agey about it. You see, the problem is the world later came up with the same principles that we learn in the Bible. And so they look at the Bible and they look at these amazing preachers and amazing messages that help sons and daughters of God live out this victorious life. And they're like, well, that's just self-help. No, let me tell you, before we go any further, this is not a self-help message. This is not a psychology today message. This is not new age. This is straight from the word of God. You see over a hundred times in scripture, depending on the version you read, we find the word mind in scripture. Over 85 times in scripture, you find the word thoughts, whether it's God's thoughts towards us or our thoughts in general. So mind and thoughtfulness, our thought life is actually very important when it comes to God and how he wants his children to live and operate. So bear with me. This is very important teaching. I'm going to preach less and teach more today. Is that okay? Okay, let's keep going. God wants us to understand the importance of our thought life and how to glorify him with a sound mind, a healthy mind, a self-controlled mind. And here's the thing, if we don't get it, we wind up living ruled by our thoughts instead of ruling our thoughts. We wind up being ruled by these, these, these thoughts that come in instead of being led of the Spirit. Ruled by fears instead of living by faith. Ruled by, conf uh, by confusion and insecurities instead of ruled by God's truth and promises. We wind up being ruled by fake scenarios. What if I bail out? What if I leave? What if I, and we just create all these scenarios, wasting precious time of the only life that God gave us to live. And we put ourselves in this situation where our mind winds up wreaking havoc on our soul because our thoughts produce our feelings and our feelings produce our actions or inactions or reactions. Here's the thing. I'm going to go as far as to say is this. If the devil can get to your thinking, he can get to your living. Hear that again. If the devil can get to your thinking, if he can get you with pillow talk at night, condescending thoughts, thoughts of failure, thoughts of who God has says you are not, then he get, can get to your living. He can make you ineffective. He can disarm you. He can make you walk around defeated like you're not who he says you are. If the devil can get to our thinking, he can get to our living. And every year in January, we release the word of the year for our church. And this year, the word is go. And here's the thing. September's upon us. That means it's like a mini new year, right? I feel that way. I don't know about you. Like September, it's like, oh, it's the mini new year. It's time to like go back to school or go back to whatever and, and get back to the gym. You know, all those things that you keep saying you're going to do for nine months. And finally, you get there again. I keep telling myself every week, I'm going to sign up next week. Yep, still here. Haven't signed up nine months later. But maybe next time I get up and preach, I'll sign up. Anyway, so back to what I was saying. Go in order for us to go and fulfill the promise of God. In order for us to go and bring faith. Go and bring joy. Go and impact our families, our relationships. Go and, and be the man and the woman God's called us to be. Go with faith. When perhaps we got a report we didn't like so much. We will need a renewed mind. 
We will need a transformed mind. We will need a mind that is ready for action because when the world is saying no and God is saying yes, we need to be strong enough to say yes. If the world is saying yes, but God is saying no, we need to have a renewed mind that says no. We have to know that when God says boo, we say boo. <laughs> And it will take a renewed mind. It will take being intentional about our thinking, intentional about our pillow talk, intentional about what we allow to stay and what we tell to go. God has given us this incredible gift called the mind where imagination and memories and feelings take place. It's a part of a person that thinks that reasons, that processes, that feels and understands and remembers. But in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, we have been given a sound mind. But here's the thing that was gifted to us. We were given a sound mind, but we have to steward that mind. We have to care for that mind. We have to make sure it's taken care of. Just like if you were given a brand new car. Maybe your parents, you know, little bougie, got a nice little car and, you know, some, a nice Lexus or whatever it is that your parents may give you. My parents never gave me that. They gave me, go get a job and buy your own car, okay? That's what they gave me, okay? But they, I'm so glad that they did that for me. It taught me a lot of responsibility at a young age. I was 15 already working and had my bank account. I was very excited about that. Anyway, and I got myself a Honda Prelude back in the day. That's right. Oh, yeah. Taking Route 21 like a boss. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> Sorry, my older days when I used to, to race and... Don't worry, Adriano, I don't speed anymore. He's a police officer and I, I'm, I'm, I'm obedient to the law. <laughs> but anyway, so in those moments when we are gifted something like a car, I mean, how would our parents feel if they walk into this car, it was never washed. You never put new oil in it after six months or never did a tune-up. You never took the Starbucks cups from the back seat. Like if we didn't steward the gift... And so the Holy Spirit, God, has given us a sound mind to steward that mind. We are to sow the right things. We are to weed out the wrong things. We are to examine it, lead it. We are to steward it well because just like our heart, so much flows from in and out. The issues of life flow in and out of our heart, in and out of our thought life. Our mind is a place that God has given us the authority, hear that again, the authority, the dominion to lead, to create, to imagine. It's a place he created where we can either bring him glory or we can dishonor him with what we allow to stay in our minds. If it's a place that stays mismanaged or unled, it will be a place that keeps us idle, ineffective, and stagnant. In other words, if we don't intentionally decide what thoughts to keep, what thoughts to reject, what thoughts are true or false, our thoughts, whether they are true or not, will be the determining factor of what kind of fruit is produced in our life. Three kinds of fruit, three kinds of tree, those that bear good fruit, those that bear bad fruit, and those that bear nothing at all. unhealthy, ungodly, and idle thinking that does not get taken captive turns into strongholds in our life that doesn't easily go away. Hear that again. This part is really important. I'm going to give you the how-tos in a moment, but I want you to hear this for a moment. 
There are a lot of Christians. There are a lot of spirit-filled people. There are a lot of men and women who are equipped with God's word, who are living bound with strongholds in their life. Like you look at some Christians, like why are they still not walking in victory? I mean, the victory is theirs. Why do they keep hitting up against the wall? There have been strongholds that have been built up within them, often from mismanaged thoughts have that, that have wreaked havoc and have basically attach themselves to this person's life and now all of a sudden there's a stronghold of fear there's a, i'm not talking about a little bit of fear no i'm talking about strongholds like they're almost paralyzed they're paralyzed to move Par they can't move forward they they can't seem to break out of lies they can't break out of this thing that hinders them and, and hangs over them that is a stronghold strongholds are set up in such a way that it's almost impossible for it to be taken down that's why it is so important that we are careful with our thinking because if we are not, we will develop strongholds in our walk with God. And then you're like, what is going on? Then you have to pray. You got to fast. got to pray in the spirit to start breaking some of that stuff that has been built up in our minds. Isn't it funny that as Christians, sometimes we love to blame everything on the devil. Oh, the devil put me in a wilderness. No, no, he didn't. You chose that path to walk on. Like, it's like, oh no, the devil sent me on the wilderness just like Jesus. No, he didn't. You made the bed that you sleep in. And yes, there are certain situations that, you know, the Lord does allow us to go through things through fire, through the pruning of life so that we can grow and produce good fruit. But so much of the stuff that we sometimes reap the consequences of is our own decisions. We have to take captive. We have to remember our spirit is our responsibility. Not my mom's, not my dad's, not my wife's, not my husband's. No, your spirit, your responsibility, your mind, your responsibility. God has given you ownership. He's given you dominion. He didn't want to just raise a bunch of sons and daughters who are robots that everything was just handed to him. God gives us his grace, his mercy, salvation freely. But then he says, walk it out. Walk out your salvation. Walk out your your holiness walk it out and so he invites you and I to co-labor with him and walking out the promises of God See, it's not even an option if we want to live strong and with purpose in our faith and in our calling our thoughts must be renewed because our thoughts lead our living our thoughts lead our living so how do we do this? How do we renew our minds? How do we prepare our minds for action? How do we lead our thinking? Number one, you need to pay attention to what you're thinking about. Pay attention to what you're rehearsing in your mind. Pay attention to the scenarios, to the things that you've left in the past and you keep bringing to the present. Pay attention. Pay attention. What are you going to do with those thoughts? Pay attention. Are they facts? Are they assumptions? Are they perspectives? Are they lies? Is it pride? Is it shame? Is it true? Is it opinion? Are they godly or ungodly? What is simply our flesh or our feelings? What thoughts are slowing you down? What thoughts are hindrances and strongholds in your life? Here's another one. What thoughts are just victim thoughts? Woe is me. Everything bad happens to me. If you keep believing that, declaring that, repeating that, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns. You're going to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. 
Beware of pillow self-talk. When you're waking up in the morning and you're like, when you're half awake, but you're not fully awake yet, you're kind of like snoozing. My gosh, sometimes Anthony, he, he loves to get up super early. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna throw you under the bus, but I love you, you're so amazing, you know? But sometimes the alarm, and he's an early riser, guys. I'm not that early of a riser, there it is, the alarm, and it just lets it go, and he's just still snoring away, and I'm just like, babe, your alarm. No, this was more like a few months ago, like about a year ago. You were just letting it go on and on and on. And then I'm like, wake up. <laughs> and now he's good. Now he's like, as soon as it goes up, you're up and ready to go. But pillow talk. Sometimes you hit that snooze. Sometimes you hit that alarm and you just mull things over in your head. Instead of starting the morning, oh, what does the Lord say about me? Oh, what are the confessions of God's word towards my life? Oh, what is God declaring over me today? Oh, I am filled. I am anointed. I am spirit-filled. I am called for greatness. I am called to do and reproduce what God has called me to reproduce. I am an anointed mother. I am an anointed pastor. I am an anointed friend and sister and daughter. But instead, we sit there on our pillow and we think, oh, I got to do this again. Oh man, I mean, what am I gonna blow up today? What am I gonna say today? What am I gonna mess up today? Oh, that person, oh, that scenario, oh, that happens again. And, and we sit there and we stew in our thoughts and, and we, we just allow our thoughts to become a breeding ground of anxiety, a breeding ground of, of fear, a breeding ground of discouragement and disappointment instead of stewarding our mind. So it's a place of action. So it's a place where we take captive every thought. So it's it's a place where we say, not today, devil, so that it's a place that when those thoughts and those arrows come at you, you can stand up with action. You can stand up with authority because you have been given dominion to get up and guard the mind that God's given you because out of that mind will come your living. Proverbs 23, 7, as someone thinks within himself, so is that wasn't some self-help book that said that. That isn't some psychology today or TED talk. No, the word of God says, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. I'm a failure. Then you're gonna keep acting like a failure. I am flawed. Then you're gonna keep acting flawed. Here's the thing. God knows that we are still a work in progress. He who's begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he knows that we are wa working towards that. We are working towards our walk with God. We are growing in that, but the enemy would love to keep you in shame. He would love to keep you looking in the mirror as a person who is flawed, full of failures, can't amount to anything. Well, just repeat the past of your parents and great-grandparents. But we've got to look in the mirror and start thinking the thoughts that God thinks about us. Pay attention to your thoughts so you know how to lead your thoughts. Number two, this is going to sound silly, but trust me when I tell you, I believe so many people haven't done this. Decide to think on right things. In other words, be the kind of person that says, I don't think like that anymore. I don't talk like that anymore. I don't live like that anymore. Sometimes we just think automatically we're just going to start showing up the way we're supposed to. That's not, there has to be a, a will of the mind, a will of the heart to say, no, I don't do that anymore. No, I walk like this now. No, and there has to be a moment where you say, I decide to think on the right things. 
I decide to think on the right things. I decide to fix my thoughts on the right things. And here's the thing, many of you may not even realize that there are multiple sources of where your thoughts come from. Some come from God. Some come from the bad pizza you had last night or two nights ago. Oh, it's because of the pepperoni on that pizza. Some of it comes from life in general. You have dreams and, and things that are being stirred in your heart. Some of it comes from your flesh. Some come straight from the pit of hell. Some are flaming arrows to, to cause doubt and confusion and, and to put fear and to put doubt. Like that is the work of the enemy to throw darts your way, to question everything that God has said about you. And that God has said about his word, like he did in the Garden of Eden. God said to Adam and Eve, don't touch this fruit. And then all of a sudden the serpent came up to Adam and Eve, but did he really though? Isn't that what we're hearing in culture today? Did God really say that that was wrong? Did God, does God really, I mean, that's what he's been doing for over 2,000 years, twisting God's word so that his people can live in confusion and bound by lies. Some thoughts are assignments. Some thoughts are of demonic nature to keep you bound and oppressed. And we have to decide what thoughts to nourish, what thoughts to feed, what thoughts to entertain, and what thoughts to weed out. Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Hear that again. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right and pure lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise this doesn't mean you're going to think perfect thoughts all the time it just means you're committed to right thinking it just means you're committed to growing in your thought life it just means you're committed to growing and having a sound mind it just means you're committed into growing in all those things see when my kids one day have their own cars they're not going to know how to take care of it as good as in five years after they have it when you're first given a gift you don't always know how to take care of it we just got a dog about a year ago let me tell you those first few months were straight hell all right peed pooed everywhere like bit everybody all the time it was a nightmare but now we got we got the hang of it we're like oh if you bite someone we're gonna bite you back no just kidding <laughs> i've been tempted at times or maybe anthony I, i'm more like leave him alone he's perfect anthony's like yeah he's bitten six people he's not that perfect <laughs> But the truth is sometimes it takes time to know how to cultivate that gift. It takes time to grow in that sound mind and that healthy thinking. But be committed to right thinking, who God called you to be, what he's asked you to believe in. And, and you will not give in to every idle thought as you commit to his word, as you commit to what it says. It means you will reject thoughts that don't line up with God's word. You have to decide for yourself that you will be a good steward of your mind. It's really important that I say what I'm gonna say next because I don't want this message to be condemning to people that have clinical depression or anxiety. For a message like this, for some of you, it may just mean, hey, you need to seek help. And just like we need to go to doctors sometimes when we're sick in our bodies, sometimes we need to go to doctors when we're sick in our mind. And there's no shame in that. God has given us medicine as a gift. He's equipped doctors as a gift for us. And in some cases, yes, you need freedom in that mindset, freedom from depression, freedom from anxiety. But in some cases, you might need a doctor too. 
There are situations like that as well. And so I also know that in this 35-minute sermon, I'm not going to be able to give you the, all the how-tos and how to live with a renewed mind. But I pray that this teaching gets you hungry and intentional about a renewed mind gets you hungry and intentional about your thought life. I pray this teaching gets you thinking about your thoughts. I pray this teaching gets you imagining the right things, meditating the right things, has you imagining the right things for your family. Oh, the places we will go with our family. Oh, the call of God that we will answer. Oh, the blessing that God will, will bring upon us. Oh, and, and as you imagine, as you create, as you meditate, bringing glory to God, you are producing life. That is the gift of a sound mind. We produce things with our mind, with healthy thinking, or we bring death and sometimes to our own life. Death to dreams, death to relationships, death to progress. If we don't create boundaries for where we allow our mind to go sometimes, it's no surprise the stuff that will come out of our mouth. Thoughts that have just been sitting idle in your mind, stewing up anger and disappointment and resentment come back in such a strange form. And we're like, where did that come from? Oh, it's been sat, it's been sitting in my mind, undealt with, idle, wreaking havoc, creating legs of bitterness and insecurity and resentment. Decide to think on the right things, fix your thoughts on the right things. Number three, and I'll have the keyboard player come up. Renew your mind. How do we do that? We read the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. After we've made the decision that we wanna think on the right things, then friends, we need to start changing the way we think. That's how we renew our mind. It is changing the way we think. It's saying, I used to think this way, but now I know the word of God, and now I think this way. I used to punish people for hurting me. Now I love them anyway. I used to go like this when my husband would do that, and now I love him through it. And that is a renewed mind. It's changing the way your flesh wants to react to things, but instead your mind goes, no, I'm going to follow what God's told me to do because in that recipe there is success. Renew your minds. Here's the thing. If you don't renew your mind, you'll keep living your old life. You'll become a Christian, but still repeat the same patterns of the past. And you're like, well, wait a second. I'm a Christian. Doesn't Jesus change everything? Yes, but you have to co-labor. Yes, he's freely given you salvation. Yes, he's justified you. Yes, he calls you holy, but you need to walk it out. You need to get into his presence and bear it all. You need to get into his presence, say, I surrender. You need to let him come and reveal the things that are, are causing you to step back. You have to get into his presence so that you can see. I recently saw something, a friend of mine had a dream about me and she basically let me know what the dream was. I sat with Anthony recently, we talked about it and the Lord was revealed and exposing an assignment on my life and here's the thing if you're caught up in and woe is me oh my god everything you will not be ready for action 
If you're always in this victim mindset, if you're always, woe is me, if you're always like, I'm a failure, I'm full of flaws, I'm this or that, you will not know that sometimes there is an opposing spirit trying to stop you from advancing. There is an opposing spirit trying to keep you from receiving the full freedom that Jesus came to give you. There are opposing spirits that come against our minds. Does it possess you? I don't care if it possesses, oppresses. It comes against you to oppress you, to oppose you. That to me is enough to say, get out of here, Satan. That is enough for me to say, get up and get out. We need to take authority. We need to take authority. Come on. We're not just safe to look good in church. We're safe to go to war on the enemy. Same thoughts produce the same patterns which produce the same results. Renew your minds by knowing the Word of God and living it. Too many Christians know it, don't live it. We renew our minds by having the mind of Christ. What does that mean to have the mind of Christ? It means we agree with Him. His will is our will. If He says that I believe it, that's having the mind of Christ. We renew our mind by being planted in the house of God, not by being consumers in the house of God. Man, America, Australia, the Western world, people come to church like the consumers, the customers always, right? No, we are here to seek God. We are here to come together as the family of God. We are to be the hands and feet. We're not to consume a service. We are to be the church. We are to come learn. We are to come worship. So we go out and be the church. Church is not Sunday. Church has to be Monday through Saturday. We're to be the living stones outside in the world so people can know God. Oh, can we stop consuming church? Well, worship wasn't long enough. Oh, worship was too short. The preaching, why doesn't the pastor wear a suit? Why does he wear a suit? You have, if you guys had any idea the stuff we've heard through the last 15 years of what was good and what wasn't good and why they came and why they left, it's like, bro, get out. Like, we are here to save a lost and hurting generation. We are here to see the captives set free. We are here to see people get saved. We are here to see people walk out in their destinies, to see marriages restored, kids off drugs. We we are here to fulfill the promise of God, not your checklist. I want a church to be or shouldn't be. That is the purpose of the living God and the church of Jesus Christ. It's to fulfill His purpose. It's to fulfill His promise, not our own. Oh, can we rise up and be the church of the living God that will not consume, but will give, but will serve, but will sacrifice, will pray, will fix our minds on things above, that we will take captive our thoughts so that we will not be ruled by the enemy but that we will rule the enemy. Tell it to go. We, you guys can have a seat. I have one more point. We renew our minds by intentionally thinking thoughts that are true. Use that pillow self-talk as a time of intentional thinking where you will produce new faith-filled thoughts. Think new thoughts every day. Don't be the statistic. 90% of your thoughts are the same ones. What? I want to be different. I like to be a little bit of rebellion, rebellious for God, not for the world. By the way, Tuesday, girls, Tuesday, pray because, pray, because there's going to be some pretty significant things happening on Tuesday. I know it. I feel it. New faith-filled thoughts. 
for God is big. Why can't we believe big? Why can't we think big and powerful confessions over your life, dreaming God's dreams, seeing new things and making different declarations. Change what you think. That's how we renew our minds. We change what we think. Take captive every, every thought. This part is very important. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses four through six, it says the weapons we fight against are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And hear this, we take captive every thought and we take it and we make it obedient to Christ. Hear that again. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking your thoughts captive require action. You can't just lay there and let the ungodly thoughts rule your life. You can't just lay there and let idle thinking take over. You need to be the leader of your life. Yes, we have leaders. We submit to authority, but God is calling in your moment of work, in your moment of bedtime, in your moment of showering. There's thoughts that will come. Will you lead those moments? Will you lead yourself? Will you lead your family in victory by how you think and your renewed mind and taking captive every thought? Please do not get lazy with the only life that you have to live. Don't get lazy with the only life you were given to live. We're not cats, we don't got nine lives. That was supposed to be funny. No one thought it was funny. You know, I try. I'm not as funny as Aunt, but you know, I try. <laughs> Take ungodly thoughts captive, redirect them. You know, something I do to make myself laugh a little bit, sometimes I'll be. I'll be in a, in a battle with my mind because there is a battle for your mind. It's a battlefield. And there's sometimes, and you guys are gonna laugh, because I'm a little violent. Like I, I've told the church a couple of times, if I weren't a pastor, I'd love to be in the FBI, <laughs> or I'd love to like be some kind of law enforcement. I just love it. I think it's cool, just, anyway, anyway. But I have this picture that whenever I'm being bombarded with thoughts that don't bring glory to God, thoughts that are less than who I am, thoughts that say I'm not all that he's called me to be. And, and sometimes when I'm tired, I'm just like, I'm, no, get out, stop. I picture myself literally arresting the thought. Like I picture myself taking the scenario and grabbing the word or grabbing the, the, the feeling that I'm, I'm having in that moment and I arrest it. I, I pull it down like the Bible says. I put some handcuffs on it. I throw it in the back of a cop car. I bang on the hood and say, get out of here. I literally do that. I'll be in my like kitchen with my little AirPods these days. I have one of those things. I'm praying I don't lose one. And sometimes I'll just be like, and the kids are like, who's she talking to? I'm talking to my mind. <laughs> That's what I'm talking to. Mom is crazy. Yes, I am. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to take a moment. You have to arrest the thought. You got to pull it down, take it captive, throw it in the back of a cop car, smash the hood and say, yo, you can take it away. Now I'm done with that. If you ever see me around the church building doing something like this, now you know why. <laughs> oh, she's taking captive a thought. There she is, crazy lady. Now my husband knows my secret of when I do that out of nowhere. You know, just the other day, I felt the last few weeks, I felt like I was in a season where um, I came back from vacation and I really, I was really ready. I was like, yeah, the fall, resilient woman, the weekend, we're gonna take 
take it over. And I was like so excited. And then day one, it was like, just bombarded, bombarded on every level. Just, oh my God, like it was like intense. I was like reaching out to some of my friends, please pray for me. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I felt like strife, like, oh my gosh, what is this? And, and just recently as the thoughts were bombarding me, I went into my bathroom and I just started praying in the spirit. Because here's the thing, you have dominion and you can lead, but there's certain things that will require the Holy Spirit's power to come in and demolish it. And sometimes there are things that you will not be able to do in your natural, but we have a Spirit of God that intercedes on our behalf, who knows how to pray for us, who knows how to go to war for us. And so in that moment, I went into the bathroom, I even told Anthony, oh, I just did war with the devil in there. I was just praying in the Spirit, he's done with me. And I felt like a completely different person as I walked out. But here's the thing, a few hours later, that thought came back in. But you know what I had to do? I had to weed it. Hey, it's going to keep coming, trying to knock on your door to try to take residence. It wants to come live in your mind. It wants to come knock time and time again. And you're going to have to, time and time again, open the door and say, not today, Satan. See you later. Nope, get out. No, I already put you in that cop car. Get out of here. Like, you know what I'm saying? If there are environments, if there are atmospheres, if there are apps on your phone or on your computer or whatever, anything that can contribute to your thought life being polluted, being just not what it's supposed to be, not healthy, that don't build your life or your faith, but instead pollute your heart and your mind with ungodliness, it is so important that you cut it at its root. Cut it. Oh, but I'll miss out if I'm not on social media. Good. There's not a lot of good stuff happening on there anyway. Lots of division, lots of comparison, lots of insecurity, lots of, oh look, their family's better than ours, but it took them 500 pictures to get to that and they probably beat up three of the kids in order for them to smile. smile. <laughs> like, you better smile. I'm gonna throw your Xbox, you know what I mean? It's like, and we all compare each other and we're all just a mess sometimes trying to make it through. And we look at social media like we can't measure up. Oh, I love it, it's a great tool, but man, the enemy loves to take what God intends for good and do something bad with it. Pay attention to your thought life. Decide you will bring glory to God in how you think. Renew your mind, change your thinking by knowing and trusting the word of God to be true and pull down and take captive every wrong thought. Come on, why don't you stand with me? God wants his sons and daughters to walk this life with a sound mind, a, a mind that brings him glory, thoughts that produce life and fruit. God wants our thoughts surrendered to him. He wants us taking responsibility for our thoughts, for leading them and being intentional with what we sow into our minds and what we weed out of our minds. Let's keep going this year. And as we go, let's go with a renewed mind. Let's go with a mind that says that I'm gonna bring glory to you wherever I go with my thinking, with what I confess, with what I believe and where I believe you're calling me to go. What are the thoughts you think towards yourself? You're a fraud, you're not enough. Maybe you're flawed, you're a failure. Maybe because you didn't go to church enough, God's not answering your prayer. It's like we have all these crazy thoughts that the enemy interjects into our mind or wrong theology. It's not just the enemy. Sometimes you just don't know the word and so you allow these wrong thinking, like wrong thinking to get in there. Proverbs 23, seven, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. God says you are his. He says through Jesus, you are enough. 
He has made you wonderfully and fearfully. He has called you and He has made you for purpose. You are blessed. You are whole through Christ. He delights in you. You are restored. You are redeemed. You have been given everything that pertains to life. He is for you, not against you. He calls you an overcomer. You are made to be victorious. You do not have to fear failure because He can take everything that was used for bad and use it for good. That is the goodness of our God. He's faithful and He's for you and He loves you. And today He washes you of those thoughts that have come to accuse you today he silences the voice of the accuser over your life the, the condemner over your life you see shame and our accuser will tell us we are bad that we are not good enough the voice of the Spirit says you are good you're not where you need to be yet but come a little closer that's the difference one calls us what we're not and the other draws us closer to him shame says you're bad you're not enough and God says, I'm all that you need. Come closer, come closer. I'll, I'll keep sanctifying you. I'll keep perfecting you. I'll keep bringing you into my presence. That's the difference. You know it's the voice of the accuser when he sits you in your shame, when you can't even keep your head up because you think you're gonna mess it all up again. And God says, hey, 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 that's not my voice. That's not my voice. I'm the lifter of your head. I call you nearer. But Father, I messed up again. That's okay. Come. We'll do better next time. We'll do better in a moment. Just come. Repent. Say you're sorry. Let's move on. Get in a group that gives you accountability. Move forward in your life. Don't let the voice of shame keep you bound and ineffective. What are your thoughts towards God? Maybe some of you are first time guests or have never given your life to Christ and maybe you do have all these different thoughts and you don't really know what to do with them. I wanna invite you into a relationship with Jesus. Here's the thing, salvation through Jesus is in a moment, but discipleship is a lifelong process. And I would love to invite you into a walk, a living relationship with Jesus where he speaks to you, where he encourages you. And I will promise you this, because sometimes people have this weird notion that once you come to Christ, there's no more problems, there's no more strife, there's no more issues. No, 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 no. The Bible promises us that in this world, we will have trials. In this world, we will have heartache. In this world, there will be mess, but He's overcome all. In this world, we will have many afflictions, but He walks with us through them. In this world, we will sometimes trip up, but He will pick us up. That is the difference. We can have sometimes the, the things of life that can hurt, that can be hard, but he says, don't do it on your own. Let me be part of your story. You see, Jesus forgives us our sin, but then he justifies us. Then he says, hey, I just, I don't just tell you you're free to go, that you're free from, you know, your sin. I also justify you. I make you right before me and I invite you close. I don't know any other religion that invites his sons and daughters close. I mean, God invites us close. He says, you're forgiven, but now come near me. You're forgiven, but don't leave. I want to pour my spirit into you. I want to give you the purpose and the plan that I've destined for you. I want to anoint you and appoint you for the season that you are in. And so all across this room, if you've never said yes to putting your faith in Jesus, if you've never said yes for the forgiveness of sins, maybe you know Jesus as Savior, but you've never walked with Jesus as Lord of all, Lord of your heart, Lord of your family, Lord of your finances, Lord of your work, of your dreams, Lord of all, every part of you 
If that's you in here and you wanna say, yes, I wanna give my life to Jesus, would you just lift up your hand so I could see it all across this room? Come on, I wanna see hands, there you go. I see those hands there, those here, those over here, those over here as well. It's awesome. I see you back there as well. We're gonna put those hands down. And in a count of three, I'm gonna ask you to lift those hands up one more time just so I can see them all. If today you're saying, God, I wanna give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. I place my trust in you. I may not know what it will all look like, but I trust you that you'll be with me for the journey. If that's you, on a count of three, when I say three, I'm gonna see all those hands up one more time so I could see it. One, two, three. Come on, would you lift up your hands? I see those hands, yep. I see all those hands there, yep, that's awesome. That's amazing back there, yep, those guys there. That's amazing. We're gonna pray together very similarly to what I just said. Our whole church will pray together, inviting Jesus in this moment of salvation. But the most important thing is that you don't just leave here today after that moment, but that you plug yourself in and, and go on this incredible journey of discipleship. So why don't you repeat after me, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and the sin of the world. Today, I ask you for forgiveness and I invite you to be Lord and Savior of all of my life. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.